minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national and international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. I'm hosting today's program. If you're wondering what anarchism is all about, simple concept, anarchos without rulers. It's a political, social movement, ideology, whatever you like to call it, which is all about creating a society without rulers. And why are we interested in creating a society without rulers? Because it's inequalities in power and wealth which lead to some of the most dramatic, draconian situations we see on the planet since the time of human history. It seems that as human beings, if we have power and wealth, we tend to use that power and wealth to feather our nest and feather the nest of our dearest and those around us. So how do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power, you share wealth. Simple concepts. If you break down hierarchies, megalomaniacs like me would never be able to do a Hitler or a Stalin or a Pol Pot or even a Trump. We wouldn't be able to do it because we don't have the institutional structures there to allow us to impose our will. You see, I'm using the our and us as if there's somebody sitting next to me. There isn't. Our will on you. So it's a simple concept. It's a concept. Anarchism is is an idea about creating institutional structures based on direct democratic principles where the people involved in the decision make that decision and then carry out that decision via delegate system. It is a system where wealth is held in common. It doesn't mean that you're not entitled to private uh, property, but what it means is your ownership of property is determined by use. So it means you can't own two homes because you only need one home. And the list goes on and on and on. But it's something we're happy to debate. But obviously we have to live in the real world. And the whole purpose of the anarchist world this week, over the last 40 years, has been to analyse what's happening in the world today at a local, national, international level, and more importantly, encourage you to become involved in activities and movements to devolve power and share wealth. Look, I'd like to start off with the strong leader syndrome. You like that? The strong leader syndrome. SLS. Now, I'm a bit concerned, and I'm usually not that concerned, living in the land of milk and honey, the land down under, the land of Oz. 
And I am a bit concerned, and I'll tell you why. In the US of A, we have the people of the United States of America have elected, let's not forget that, elected an amoral, lying, psychopath, and my apologies to psychopaths, to the White House. That's their choice. And he runs on the platform of being a strong leader. And then in China, we have just seen the elevation of Xi Jinping to supreme paramount leader of the Chinese Communist Party. For decades, the Chinese Communist Party Party has been functioning under collective leadership system. So we've gone back to the good old days, of, or the bad old days, I should say, of Mao. So there we've got another strong leader who has the levers of power in his hands. When you see the Communist Party Congress with 2,000 delegates all voting to make Mr. Ping, Xi Jinping, the new emperor of China, Again, this is about one in five people live in China, an issue. So if you've got a strong leader in the US of A, you've got a strong leader with institutional power in China. Then we move across to what could be considered the world's third superpower, Russia. In Russia we have another amoral exploiter in power, Mr Putin. Now, Mr Putin, an ex-KGB agent from the old communist regime, gained the political, gained the momentum to become the leader of Russia by ensuring that most of the collective property which was owned by the Communist Party before it dissolved in 1989 was transferred to a small number of Russian billionaires who currently call the tune and are quite happy to have Mr Putin in power. So we have another strong leader who likes to be photographed in positions of, uh, you know, him uh, being positions of strength. So we have a psychopath in the White House elected, we have a, a virtual dictator in China appointed the Chinese Communist Party, we have an apologist for the worst economic excesses in Russia, Mr Putin, elected through a, you know, a flawed electoral system. Then we move on to India. Again, let's not forget that about one in five people on the face of the planet live in India. India is currently, although it's supposedly a democratic system, is is led by Mr Modi. Now, Mr Modi is a religious nationalist, a Hindu nationalist. End of story. Hindu nationalist neoliberal. Again, another elected strong leader. 
And then we move across to Japan. And what do we have? Mr. Abe, elected by 50% of the electorate. A militarist nationalist. So everywhere around the world, what we are seeing is the concentration of power, political power and economic power in the hands of fewer and fewer people. When you have 64 people from a population of over 7 billion owning half the world's wealth and five leaders who lead over half the world's population on a strong leader ticket, you begin to realise that most of the situations we find ourselves in today in the land of Oz are directly related to the concentration of power and wealth in fewer and fewer hands. And we're not immune from that. Because in Australia, over the past 40 years, during the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation, tsunami that has swept the country, we have seen wealth and power being concentrated in fewer and fewer hands and this has resulted in increasing inequality within the community, decreasing social cohesion, increasing environmental and climate challenges. Because those who exercise power are interested in one thing, in creating ever-increasing profits for themselves and the people around them, irrespective of the human social environmental and national consequences. So think about it. So why am I wasting my time standing in the Northcote by-election? And why am I funding my own campaign? And why am I asking you to assist me in this campaign? Now, if you think I'm going to be elected, it's not going to happen. It will not happen. I'd be lucky to get 2 or 3% of the vote. You know why? Because I'm running on a very simple ticket. I'm running on the idea that Parliament, the House of the People, and this is a, this is a state election, the Victorian State Parliament, as well as the Federal Parliament, and every state parliament and territory parliament in this country should be enacting legislation to benefit the many. That's the public, not the few. That's unaccountable corporations. It's a very simple concept which so many people seem to have so much difficulty accepting. And a cornerstone of this uh, state election campaign It's based on the idea that housing should not be a commodity. When the federal member for Brunswick, 
Mr. Kahili, sorry, Wills, I should say, for Wills, who rents in Brunswick, who has a wage of over $200,000, whose wife works part, or his partner works part-time, cannot secure a loan to buy a house in Brunswick. You begin to understand how important it is, how all-pervasive this housing affordability crisis is in in this state and this country. When you step over a homeless person or give them a wide berth or put a few, you know, a bit of silver in their hat, this is the pointy end of the homeless crisis. When you see people not buying the right food or not being able to pay gas and electricity bills or register their cars, or catch public transport because they've got to pay a rent or a mortgage, which is taking up 50, 60, 70% of their income, you begin to realise how pervasive this housing affordability crisis is. So one of the main platforms I'm standing on in the Northcote by-election is a simple slogan. Defending and Extending Public Housing. Victoria has the lowest amount of public housing in this country, although it has had a succession of Labor governments, Kane, Brax and now Andrews, over the past 20 years. And what we are seeing currently is the country and Andrews Labor government do everything it can to dismantle the public housing sector and transfer titles to privately owned community and social housing sector, the privately owned community and social housing sector, while spending billions of dollars on extending roads and public transport, while doing almost nothing to address the housing affordability crisis. So what is a simple way? I mean, you're not, you're not geniuses. I'm not a genius. We don't have a bevy of, you know, advisors or access to the public service, do we? So if, if an idiot like me can come up with this idea, what is stopping the state government from implementing the idea I'm going to outline, which I've outlined before on this program. Last year, the Victorian state government was able to collect over six billion, that's right, six billion, B-I-L-L-I-O-N dollars from stamp duty. Stamp duty is paid when people buy real estate. Most of this money is transferred into the the Treasury. 
if the Victorian Legislative Assembly, that's 88 members of the Victorian Legislative Assembly, and the 40 members of the Victorian Legislative Council passed legislation tomorrow to divert that $6 billion that is collected every year to the public housing sector, we could overcome the housing affordability crisis within less than a decade. So how would it work? If you allocate $1 billion to repairs and management of the system and use the remaining $5 billion to spot purchase, you like the word spot purchase, homes and units around the state, especially at the lower end of the market, you could, with $5 billion, you could spot purchase between 25 to 28,000 units homes every year. You could house over 80,000 people per year in public housing who would then only pay 25% of their income to keep the system going. And the more public houses you have, the more income comes into the state government. And public housing is housing that is owned and managed by the government. It is not owned and managed by the private sector. Within 10 years, that's a decade, you could house 20% of Victoria's population in public housing. One in five. And I'm not talking about building huge, monolithic, multi-storey CBD apartment blocks. I'm talking about spot purchasing current housing. The policy, which was adopted by governments, state, the Victorian state government, in the 1980s and 1990s. And what that means is that people who may have additional issues and problems because of poverty or the fact that life is a handicap race the fact that they may have been dealt a short straw at birth and they had to deal with a lot of very unpleasant situations. It means you don't put people with problems together in the same housing block and compound the issues, but spread around the community. Spread around the community so they become part of a community. I mean, I've been... I've been I've been a doctor for over 40 years. And I've been home visiting for over 35 years, people with profound physical disabilities. If it wasn't for public housing, many of my patients would be destitute on the streets. But more importantly, what public housing has done, and especially spot-purchased public houses, which many of them are in, what it has done, it has given them the opportunity to rear their family in a stable environment so they can go to the same schools, the same sporting clubs, the same parks and form friendships 
in that community. Lifelong friendships. They become part of a community. And you don't need blood in the street or violent revolution where you string everybody up. It's a simple vote in Parliament. So I'm standing on that ticket, the $6 billion conundrum. Because if you expand the public housing sector, not only do you solve the problem of homelessness, not only do you ensure that people have a roof over their head which they can afford, you increase social cohesion by making people part of the community, you decrease the type of divisive community debates that we've seen over the past few decades when we talk about people on welfare. You provide hope to the population. And more importantly, even more importantly, you give a kick, you kickstart the economy. Because if you only pay 25% of your income for a roof over your head, that frees up billions of dollars which can be pumped back into the community which improves the viability of local small businesses, increases taxation revenue, and allows... So it's, 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 a, it's a win, 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 win investment. So, I'm one person. One person. I can only do so much. I've been nominated for the seat. I'm standing in the election of the Northcote by-election, which is a 21-kilometre, square-kilometre area, which is, includes five, four suburbs and part of another in Melbourne, Alphington, Fairfield, Formbury, Northcote and parts of Preston. I'm funding my own campaign, so I'm not asking for donations. Don't want any, any donations. I don't owe anybody any favours. But I do need your assistance. And I need your assistance in a number of ways. I need your assistance at the pre-polling booths. So from now till the 17th of November, the pre-polling booth at 116 Station Street in Fairfield is open from 8.30am to 6pm. And I don't have enough people to go to the polling booths Monday to Friday between now and the 17th of November. So you can give us a ring, 0439 395 489. Or you can go to the website, the Pipsy website, or go to the my Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. The information's all there. Now, if you hate interacting with people, I'm hoping to have enough leaflets explaining this housing issue and my support for public infrastructure, public health, public parks, public waterways, and the list goes on and on. You can letterbox. Because what we are doing is we are putting the idea that laws should be enacted in Parliament that promote the interests of the many before the interests of the few. So if you can help to letterbox between now and about the 15th of November... Give us a ring. Email me. Pibsy, info at 
pibci.net. Info, I-N-F-O, at pibci.net. Send us an email. Give us a phone call. Letterboxing is easy. You can lose weight, exercise the dog. And a chap ring me up yesterday, said, oh, I need to exercise the dog. He said, I'll do this. I said, good. If you want to pick up leaflets, you can pick up leaflets tonight. The normal Wednesday night dinner, which I have every Wednesday, down at the Conjo, K-O-N-J-O, Ethiopian restaurant, at 20 Smith Street, Fitzroy, across the road from Community Radio Station 3CR. Come and pick up some leaflets. If you can't pick up the leaflets, I'll drop them around. And thirdly, I need support on the 18th of November. I need about 50 people, that's about two to three people at each polling booth to hand out literature. Now, this is not a campaign like everybody else. Everybody says, vote for me, vote for me, vote for me. We're putting out ideas in the community. We're using the political processes to put out those ideas. We're on the, you know, this is the long game. Not a short game, this is the long game. This is about creating influence. This is about creating a platform to promote public interest before corporate interests. So you can go to the public interest before corporate interests website, pipsy.net, my personal Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. Become a member of Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. Download the application form from pipsy.net, pipsy.net. Download it now, fill it now, send it in. When we get to 550 members, we'll apply for registration as a federal political party. And once we've registered as a federal political party, then we'll look at our base in each state and possibly apply for a registration on a statewide basis, but federally first but we can't do that until we've got 550 members. So, go to the website, pipsy.net. Can't go to the website? Give us a call. 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. And I'll send you out some application forms. Hold a lunch. Get a dinner going. Get your friends to join. Now, I'd just like to remind everybody of the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest picnic in regional Victoria this Sunday, the 29th of October from 11am to 3.30pm from 11am to 3.30pm at the Alambi A-L-L-A-M-B-E-E South Community Centre which is at 55 Mirabu, M-I-R-B-O-O, Yarragon, Y-A-R-R-A-G-O-N Road, in Alambi South. Turn up, 11am to 3.30pm. Bring some food and drinks to add to the communal table. I mean, the people down there have gone to all the trouble to book the Alambi South Community Centre I'll be there on the day. Hopefully I'll be there by 11am. Goes to 3.30pm. Tea, coffee, cakes. It's a free community event and it's organised by public interest before corporate interests. If you're wondering where Alambi South is, it's not far from Terralgan, not far from Maui. Regional Victoria. Let's see if we can set up a public interest before corporate interests branch at Alambi South. 
If you want further information about this particular picnic, you can call Simon on 0447 487191. If you're interested in Pipsy and you want to set up a picnic, barbecue in your part of the world, give us a ring. We'll work out a day. We'll publicise it like the people at Lambie South have done and hopefully we can form another branch of a Pipsy somewhere else in Australia. Now, there is a Pipsy rally on uh, 25th of October. Uh, it's Wednesday, the 25th of October, midday to 1pm on the steps of Victoria's Parliament House. There'll be another one on the last Wednesday of November. and the last. Uh, so go and join these uh, pic, pic, Pipsy picnic barbecues. Now, if you want to go to a branch meeting, the Pipsy Frankston Hastings branch meets between 6pm and 8pm on the 1st Tuesday of the month and the 3rd Tuesday of the month. That's at 26 Mahogany Avenue, Frankston North. And Pipsy Southern Peninsula, that's the Southern Peninsula branch of Pipsy, meets at the Sea Winds Community Hub, the Capel Sound Community Centre, 11A Alambie, A-L-L-A-M-B-I Avenue, Capel Sound. And their next meeting will be on the 26th of October, 6pm to 8pm. Members and non-members are welcome to both meetings. That's the 26th of October. So if you want to tear up your membership card to the Gunner Tribe, or somebody should do something about that tribe and get a public interest before corporate interest membership card, I recommend you go to the website, pipci, P-I-B-C-I dot net. All the information is up there. If you ain't got a website, you can always write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And if you do have a phone, you can leave a contact address on 0439 395 489, 0439 395 489. And we'll see what we can do. Uh, regarding sending you material. So all the information's there. It's up to you. As I said, as I keep saying in the program, you've got three options in life. You can sit around and shoot stuff shoot stuff up your arm or snort stuff and say, life's grand. You can, you know, you can go out there and try to become the richest person in the universe. Or you can become part of the new social and expanding social, political and ideological movement which is based in the idea of putting the interests of the many, that's the public, before the interests of the few unaccountable corporations. Choice is yours. What you do is up to you. A few more things to uh, advertise or talk about. On Sunday the 12th of November at 10am we'll be at the Murchison Cemetery which is in Willoughby Street, Murchison. Murchison is uh, about 130 kilometres from uh, Melbourne. And we go there on the first Sunday after Armistice Day to pay our respects to Francesco Fantine, who was an Italian anarchist who was murdered in a internment camp at Camp Love Day in South Australia because he was an anarchist an atheist, an anti-fascist and an anti-militarist. It'll be the 75th anniversary of his death 
there's usually a, a few hundred people turn up, not for Francesco. There's only about a, half a dozen to a dozen of us turn up for Francesco. But it's a day when uh, families and friends of the 220 Italian prisoners of war and internees who died in Australian prisoner of war camps during the Second World War uh, are uh, remembered. Uh, all their bodies were collected from across Australia and they've been placed in a mass in a crypt at the Murchison Cemetery, which is a, an Italian war grave. So join us, 10am. We uh, wait till everybody else has uh, had their say and then at the end of the ceremony we do a little ceremony to mark Francesca Fantin. We encourage people to come at 10am because it allows you to uh, go into the mausoleum and pay your respects to... Uh, Francesco, he has his own uh, his own coffin there with his name on it. And after that, we usually have a picnic, joint picnic on the banks of the uh, the river. So, uh, great day. Join us this Sunday. And while I'm talking about great days, the program for the third of December, Eureka Day. That's 163rd anniversary of Eureka Day has been now finalised. It's the uh, same format as last year. 4am, dawn ceremony at Eureka Park at the corner of Eureka and Stall Street in Ballarat. Uh, 4am, usually 4am to 6am, we have the dawn ceremony. Then uh, after that, we have a communal breakfast in the Eureka Hall, which is next to the... uh, which is on the park... 9am we walk to Bakery Hill uh, to present uh, Eureka Australia medals to uh, six activists who have been honoured for their contribution to improving the lives of people in this country. Uh, Nominations are still open. Nominations close on the 15th of November. Uh, If you want to send nominations, we only accept written nominations. We need a name, paragraph or two of why you've nominated the person in the contact um, address or email address for the person or a family member. You can nominate people who have died who haven't been recognised for their efforts and a number of people who have... number I think two awards this year have already been allocated to people posthumously. So we are taking further nominations. You can send nominations to Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052, or you can email us anarchistage at yahoo.com. Anarchistage at yahoo.com. Anarchistage at yahoo.com. Or you can send them to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Then from Bakery Hill, we go to the Town Hall for a stump orations. Then we walk to the cemetery to pay our respects to about half of the Eureka rebels who were killed on the day who were buried in a mass grave at the old Ballarat Cemetery. Then we walk back to the Ballarat uh, Trades Hall some drinks and a bit of a rest. Then we walk to the uh, Eureka uh, Eureka Centre to view the Eureka flag. It's free entry on Eureka Day, believe it or not. And that evening we're having the annual Eureka dinner at the Queen's Head Hotel in Humphrey Street in Ballarat. You buy your own food and drinks. If you want to make sure you get a seat... Because seating's limited to about 80 or 90. Give us a call, 0439 395 489. Email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. 
or write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Entertainment will be provided by the West Parkland Community Singing and also by the Bard, who will be singing his song, uh, original song, The Pikeman's Dog. Great day this year's on a Sunday. No excuse not to participate. 4am to 10pm. Great day. Join us. Reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations. You don't reclaim them, nobody else will. I'll tell you why. We organised the first uh, celebration in 2002. My uh, wife and partner, Ellen Jose, who, uh, as you know, died in June this year. We went down to Ballarat in 2001 on the 3rd of December to join in the Eureka celebrations. Nothing. Nothing anywhere in Ballarat. A city that uses the symbols of Eureka to push its economic agenda and local businesses, no respect for what happened on the 3rd of December. So we decided to organise something on the day in 2002 and we've been conducting ceremonies since then. This was our 15th year. They thought we'd go away, or well, we're not going away. So join us 3rd of uh, December... You don't have to ring anybody if you're not going to the dinner. Just turn up. Turn up at 4am, participate. If you can't walk the 13 kilometres, we usually have a number of cars driving behind us and uh, you could ride in them. Okay, this is the Anarchist World this week. Let's move on. I keep saying this program, language is everything. And today I'd like to look at how we have as human beings are debased in this country. Terms like human capital, that's right, you like that? Human capital. What human beings can do to augment the profits of the rich and powerful. Human capital. Client. Consumer. Customer. Any time you interact with the government, state and federal level, even local council, you're not a citizen with rights and responsibilities. You're a client. You're a customer. You're a consumer. You know what the difference between human capital, clients, customers, consumers and citizens are? Clients, customers, human capital and consumers complain. That's the only right you have is to complain. Citizens have rights. They have responsibilities. They are the building blocks of a nation. So start the struggle now. Anytime anybody in a government position calls you a client, consumer or customer, tell them, sorry, mate, you will address me as a citizen. Citizen Toscano. Citizen Black, Citizen Lou, Citizen Mohammed. I'm not a bloody customer or a client. I'm a citizen. Let's move on. There's a lot of things happening which are really interesting because the federal government feels under a little bit of pressure and I was, uh, I had to laugh yesterday. I really, there are some things that are so transparently obvious that you really have to laugh. Now, the High Court 
of Australia will be handing down its decision and whether the seven members of Parliament who have been elected, were elected legally or not, or constitutionally or not, can hold their positions, it will hand down its decision at 2.15. And I've got a funny feeling they may take a black-letter interpretation of the Constitution and rule that the seven members of Parliament, including the the uh, leader and deputy leader of the National Party, may find themselves out of a job and by-elections will be called. So what do you do to distract people? Well, you conduct a police raid. But more importantly, you conduct a police raid before you conduct that sorry, before you conduct that police raid, you alert television, radio and newspapers to the fact you're going to have the raid. So if you could be there at such and such a time, the federal police are going to bust in soon after. In the Australian Workers' Union's office in Sydney and uh, Melbourne, we're raided by 33 federal police officers. And what were they looking for? Drugs? No. Sex? No. Rock and roll? No. Well, do you know there's this heinous crime occurred? Heinous crime. In 2006, the Australian Workers' Union once under the leadership of the current opposition leader, Mr Bill Shorten, donated $100,000 to the Get Up movement. Give it its legs. Stop it crawling. Get it to stand up on its own two legs. And 11 years later, we have this bodgy little body. That's right, this bodgy little body which uh, was set up after the failed Royal Commission that has the power to look at how organisations are structured. Now, so what do they do? Do they raid some multinational corporation? No, don't be ridiculous. They're looking for documents from 11 years ago to see whether the Australian Workers' Union followed its protocols in allocating $100,000 after a Royal Commission. Talk about deflective politics. Quite extraordinary. And what extraordinary, what is extraordinary is the fact that we're beginning to see the creation of a police state. So what is a police state? A police state is a state where the police act on the instructions, maybe through government authorities, of the government of the day. And you know, as they say, if it smells like a pig and it acts like a pig and it looks like a pig, most likely it's a pig. So think about it. Great raid. Not enough uh, federal police to uh, conduct uh, searches against drug runners, but we got enough federal police to conduct a search looking for a piece of paper, and all they had to do was the this organisation, I think it's called the, um, I mean, corporate, I don't know what it's called, 
All they had to do was say, excuse me, can we have those pieces of paper, thank you? Extraordinary. Extraordinary stuff, but uh, we get used to extraordinary stuff in this country. Talking about extraordinary stuff. Now, the federal government needs to make a deal with the Hansonites. You know, needs to make a deal. And they have made a deal because they need their preferences in the next state or federal election and the state election in Queensland. They need their preferences to get their boys and girls over the line. So what does the divided nation crew want? They want to destroy the family court. The family court was set up about 40 years ago by the uh, Whitlam-led Labor government in a no-fault divorce system. Now, obviously, there are always issues regarding the uh, family court, and I'm not denying there are issues. So what's the federal government got in mind? It will, in the next 80 months, try to amalgamate the family court with the federal court. That's right, amalgamate the two courts together because the federal court and the family court are both Commonwealth courts. They're not state courts. There are three Commonwealth courts. There's the the federal court, the family court and the high court, Supreme Court, county court, magistrates court. There are state-based or territory-based courts. So how are they destroying the family court? Well, the first thing you do is you starve it of funds. You don't... Uh, appoint enough judges. If you don't appoint enough judges, what that means is the delays get longer and longer. People get angrier and angrier. And then you can say, if you're the minister responsible for the family court, say, well, it didn't really work out, did it, boys and girls? It didn't really work out. They weren't doing their job, were they? Let's amalgamate them into the federal court. Let's destroy their distinct, this distinct entity which was set up to try to deal with some of the most difficult things that can occur, custody of children, division of property when relationships fail. So think about it. It's it's happening as I speak. And if you're in a dispute currently and you're in the family court, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Scano. Look, I can give a lot of awards for stupidity this week. Tons of awards for stupidity. But I think... I could have given it to the federal government of trying to destroy the federal court. Well, we could have given to all those strong leaders we spoke about at the beginning of the program. It's such a difficult task. Maybe we'll give it to the National Broadband Network, not for the reasons other people give it to, but I'm not going to give it to them. I'm going to give it to those... Wonderful, wonderful federal governments, both Labor and Liberal, that in the past privatised Telstra. The 
Did you hear the word? Privatised Telstra. I think most people listening to this program wouldn't be old enough to remember the privatisation of Telstra. Then they formed the National Broadband Network. Telstra, which was formed initially to cross-subsidise services across this country, was privatised. Now we've got the National Broadband Network, which has been set up to be sold to the private sector by the federal government. Complain they have to cross-subsidise 2 million Australians with the National Broadband Network that will never generate a profit for this company, this government-owned company, unless prices increase. And then we have the issue, the National Broadband Network, the authority, is a hostage to the private company Telstra. Because the private company Telstra, which was initially owned by the Commonwealth Government, is charging the National Broadband Network over $150 a a year, $150 a year for every house which is hooked up to the National Broadband Network because they own the cables. Because that's what they bought when they were privatised and given away for a relatively little, you know, little return to the taxpayer who had invested in forming this national network to ensure that everybody was on the grid. We now have to pay for the privilege. Another great advantage of privatisation, whether it's energy, where we've seen the privatisation of energy has led to the ridiculous situation where we don't have enough energy for national deal with national consumption when we have we're one of the biggest exporters in the world extraordinary this is the dividend you pay when you sow the privatization seeds on barren ground you destroy the future extraordinary and last but not least, the bonus system. You know, you've heard about how banks have been gouging people and private organisations have been gouging people and the fact that it's getting more and more difficult you know, to pay your bills. Well, there is one great thing about capitalism is it's the bonus system. Bonuses are a byword... <laughs> the corruption if you offer somebody if you're in a private corporation you offer somebody a bonus for selling more shit they're going to sell more shit because they need the bonus if you pay them a poor base rate and they have to augment their income by earning bonuses for selling products what product do you think they're going to sell somebody the one that's designed for that particular person's needs at that particular situation or a product which would give you a little bit of a kickback in terms of a bonus, obviously. 
So the bonus system is at the very heart of the corruption that we see in the private sector, whether it's energy generation, whether it's banking, whether it's financial services, and the list goes on and on. And last but not least, once again, guess what? Investment bankers have understood that being old is a good business. Because the business of being old, if you're in a nursing home or residential care, is subsidised by the taxpayer. So all those churches and not-for-profit organisations which dominated the old age sector are quickly being shunted aside as three or four large corporations move into the aged care sector and dominate the industry. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia. My name is Joseph Toscano. I've been hosting today's program. If you want to help me for the Northcote by-election, you can leave a message on 0439 395 489. Send me an SMS, leave a message. You can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at pibci, P-I-B-C-I, dot net. Want to get involved in the activities I'm involved in? Go to my Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. Want to have a cheap meal tonight? Pick up a bit of literature for the Northcote by-election? Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant, 20 Smith Street, Fitzroy, 6pm to about 9.30pm. Join us tonight and every Wednesday night. Go to the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest Rally, which will be held today on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, midday to 1pm. Next week is the 1st of November. Join us for the Defend and Extend Public Housing Campaign, a rally which will be again on the steps of Parliament House, midday to 1.30pm. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week via the Community Radio Satellite. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email me at uh, anarchistage at yahoo.com or info at pipsy.net. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Don't forget the Alambi Picnic this Sunday, 11 till 3.30pm. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse, 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.